0: And will come from Mark 12, 28-34. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So, so the scribe said to him, Well said, Teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Good morning,
1: church. Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you here, especially if you're visiting. We hope that you will stick around a few moments after our services so that we might get to know you a little better. I want to mention a few things in addition to what's already been mentioned. Uh, As Brother Herb said... We don't want our men to forget about our men's retreat. March 3rd and 4th uh, here at the building. That's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, If you're planning on being a part of that, please sign up uh, on the sign-up sheet in the foyer. Now, we've also mentioned that, uh, ladies, we need some help from you. Now, I want to tell you something. Ladies, we are not going to ask for help a whole lot, okay? But this is one time we're asking for help. Uh, if If you've received your email... Uh, there's a, a, a survey that you can go through there and fill that out, and that will go to Philip and those that need that for what we're going to be doing. But if you re- would rather not do it electronically, we have uh, surveys in the back. You can fill that out, put it in an envelope, stick it up under the uh, office door, and we'll make sure that gets to the people who needs that. But we need your help, ladies, so please, please um, do that for us. And men, make sure that you sign up for that retreat. Uh, a few additional announcements uh, that's been given to me uh, that I want to share. Most of these are prayer requests. Um, Janice Johnson is in ECM Hospital in Florence in ICU. She has had asthmatic bronchitis and her electrolytes are low. So we want to remember uh, Ms. Janice as well. Our deepest sympathy is extended to the family of Dorothy Pratt. This is the sister of Dean Bullington. She passed away on February the 15th in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Her services were held yesterday there. Also, prayer is requested for uh, Maxie Jones, who had gallbladder surgery on February the 14th and has some had, has had some complications but is improving. And Maxie is the son of Louie and Sue Jones, so we rem- want to remember him. Uh, Sharon Hagey had a, uh, a stay at Vanderbilt Hospital this week, but she is now home but uh, and is improving, but request our prayers as well. Betty Beckham is in the hospital in Chattanooga. Uh, several people, uh, like uh, Sister Betty with pneumonia. Bob Atkinson still has pneumonia, and also Richard Worley has pneumonia, as well as recovering from, from bypass surgery. So as we begin this morning, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer on behalf of these individuals. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for all that you give us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together and to be a part of this good church. Father, we're thankful for the many people that make up this congregation. For every person that's here today, Father, we thank You. We give You praise and glory. Father, we pray that our time this morning will be beneficial and the time that we've spent in Bible study has been beneficial for us. Father, we want to offer up to you several of our individuals, uh, of our family members and those connected to our family members uh, in prayer this morning. Father, we lift up to you uh, Dean Bullington and his family and their loss. Father, also uh, the families, the Jennings family and others uh, who have lost loved ones recently, the White family, uh, the Doran family. Father, we lift up these families and we ask that you will be with them and bless them and comfort them. Father, as only you know how. Father, we ask that you will be with uh, Janice Johnson, Father, as she uh, is in the hospital and dealing with this asthmatic bronchitis. We pray, Father, that you will help her body to heal, be with the doctors and nurses attending her, Father, that they may do the right thing so that her condition can improve. Also, Maxie Jones, Father, as she recovers from... Uh, From uh, this gallbladder surgery, Father, we pray that things will go well with that recovery. Uh, Also, Father, that you will be with Sharon Hagee. Father, we're thankful that she's been able to return from the hospital. But, Father, we pray that you will continue to uh, bless her and her recovery. And that things will improve and her condition will improve. Father, also for Betty Beckham, Bob Atkinson. Richard Worley, all these that are dealing with pneumonia, Father, we pray that you will be with these individuals. Father, there are many on our prayer list, and we we offer them up to you. We ask that you will be with them, that you will bless them. Father, that you will help them in their recovery. Uh, Father, we pray uh, for all of these individuals and those connected with them, their families and those watching over them. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. We pray that you will bless our time together. Father, we are thankful that we are able to come in your presence to worship You, to honor You, to lift You up in song and praise and through our prayers. Father, thank You for this opportunity. Thank You most of all for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Turn to your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And we'll look primarily there, but we'll also notice uh, what Nolan read from us in the book of Mark chapter 12, but also uh, a place where Jesus uh, gives this um, greatest commands scripture in Luke chapter 10. And we'll notice those Mark chapter 12 and Luke chapter 10 toward the end of our lesson today. Some years ago, Dr. Carl Menninger, he's a noted doctor and psychologist, And he decided that he wanted to do something in his practice. He sought to discover why people were so ill. uh, To try to get to the bottom of the illnesses of his patients. And so this is what he did. He he gathered all his staff and he says, this is what we're going to do. We are going to be creative in how we share love with with our patients. No one is to show an attitude before the patients that's unloving. I want you to shower these patients with love. As you go in and out of these rooms, doctors and nurses, I want you to shower these patients with love. And so for six months they did this. And at the end of six months, they evaluated and this is what they found. All patients... And the time that they were in this institution was cut in half. All because of love. You know, someone has said that love may not make the world go round, but it sure makes the trip worthwhile. Volumes and volumes of poems and songs, uh, plays, novels, movies have been written and produced all about love. You remember what God said about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13? That love is the greatest virtue. Yet, the supreme love that God talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 and other parts of Scripture is much deeper than mankind can understand or the love that they desire and admire. That love is much deeper. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is responding to several questions from His accusers, from those who would try to trick Him and test Him. And it's in answering those questions, or particularly the last of those questions, it's in answering that that Jesus says, the highest love is that of, of agape love. That true, genuine love. That divine love. That is the requirement of mankind from God for man's love toward God and man's love toward one another. After silencing the Sadducees, one group of the religious leaders of the Jews, a lawyer of the Pharisees comes to Jesus asking him a question. Now, looking at Mark's account that Nolan read for us, and others, maybe, possibly, this Pharisee, this lawyer, could have been like Nicodemus. In that when he saw Jesus, when he heard Jesus, he knew there's something different about Jesus. Yet, he was still pulled in by the deception of those leaders, he was still pulled in to be a part of testing or tricking Jesus. His question, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Now what he was asking was, What? What's the great commandment in the law of Moses? You see, those people, they thought the world of Moses. Moses was the supreme human figure in all of Scripture. I mean, Moses had seen God face to face. And they thought Moses was the greatest of all. Jesus comes along and His teaching was contrary to, His teaching of Scripture was so contrary to what their teaching was. And so they sought out to prove that Jesus is false. Jesus is lying. For they thought that Jesus was placing Himself above Moses. And you don't contradict Moses. If you contradict Moses, you're contradicting God. And therefore are guilty of heresy. And so it's with this purpose that they try to trick Jesus... And this lawyer comes to him and he says, What is the great commandment? You know what's interesting? Jesus, being God's Son, God in the flesh, he knew what they were trying to do. And so his answer was simple, yet something they should have already known and been practicing. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Jesus says in in response to this question, love God with everything. Now, Jesus was quoting from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. What the Jews knew are called as the Shema. Now, in in this Shema was compromised several texts. Comprised several texts Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, Deuteronomy eleven thirteen 13 through 21, and Numbers 15, 37 through 41. In Jesus' day, a faithful Jew would recite this Shema twice a day. In fact, many Jews today still recite this scripture and quote this passage of scripture. You know what these guys would do? Jesus talks about it. These guys, they would take uh, they would take in and they would write down these scriptures and several other scriptures on these small parchments of paper. And they would put it in these boxes that they would put on their head. And they would wear them on their head. They would also put them on their left forearm. And every time they would go to prayer, they would wear these as reminders. And it included these Scriptures. It included the very Scripture that Jesus is quoting in response to their question. And you know, it was this pretentious religious outwardness that Jesus would later condemn of the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 23 and verse 5. Notice it, if you will. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries. That's the things that were on their on their head that had these scriptures, and on their arm they would make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They wanted men to see how religious they were. In a sense, they were. Look at me. Look at me, and look at what, look at how religious I am, and how good I am. Jesus was reminding them that being accepted by God is more than looking or acting spiritual. Or even quoting these very verses. He said it's much deeper than that. In fact, in quoting the book of Isaiah, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said this, These people draw near to me with their mouth, And honor me with their lips. But what? Their heart is far from me. The Old Testament word for love and the New Testament word for love are equivalent words. And both have to do with intelligent, purposeful, and committed love. And it's this word that Jesus uses in response to their question. Let us pray real quickly. Holy Father, we thank You for all that You give us. Father, we, in addition to those that we have already lifted up, Father, we lift up to You our brother BJ. Father, thank You for him and Sister Sharon. Father, thank You that He does everything that He can to be sitting right here on the front row. Father, we're so thankful for individuals that in our midst that are trained to help out in various situations. Father, we give You praise and glory for them. We thank You for them. Father, whatever is going on with Brother BJ, we pray that You will be with him. We pray that, that he might get to feeling better. Father, watch over him. Bless he and Sister Sharon. Father, be with those many others on our prayer list and we lift them up to You, Father, for we know that You are Almighty God and You work so powerfully in our lives, through medicine, through our bodies. Father, we thank You. But Father, ultimately, we plan for and we live for that home in heaven and we thank You for that as well. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And so in response to this question, Jesus says, I want you to love God with everything you have, comprehensively, with every part of your being. He says that to these very people who, they do things to remember that. They wear these things to show, hey, I'm religious and I'm remembering what God said. And Jesus says, but here's the point. Love God with everything you have. And he, and he breaks it down in three areas. He says, I want you to love God with all your heart. You see, for the Hebrew, they believed the heart was the very core of one's being. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Solomon may know a little bit about this. So would David. David. For out of it spring the issues of life. Jesus says, Pharisees, here's what what you need to do. It's not about all this dress that you have. It's not even about having those Scriptures on your forehead or on your forearm. It's about loving God with your very core. Everything that you have. Jesus adds to that. Love God with all your soul. You know, this is the closest word that we have to emotions. It's very similar to what Jesus prayed in Matthew 26 and verse 38. On the night that He was portrayed, when He was arrested, He said this, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. And so now Jesus adds, love God with your very core, but love God with all of your emotions. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul. And He adds to that, all your mind. Mind corresponds to what the Old Testament book, Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5, has as might. It had the idea of moving ahead with energy and strength, meaning mental endeavor or strength. So maybe God is saying, love God. Jesus is saying, love God with all of your intelligence and all of your physical strength, all your might. Jesus says you love God with every fiber of your being. Everything you have, you use it to love God. John MacArthur says this, Genuine love of the Lord is intelligent, feeling, willing, and serving. It involves thought, sensitivity, intent, and even action where that is possible and appropriate. God has never sought, listen to it, God has never sought either empty words or empty ritual. His desire is for the person himself. Not simply what the person possesses. If he truly has the person, then he truly has his possessions as well. And just as God loves us with His whole being, we are to return His love with our whole being. His love for mankind was so great that He gave His only begotten Son, John 3.16, for their redemption. Godly love, whether it's His love for man or man's love for Him, is measured by what it. For God so loved the world that He gave. It's measured by what He gives, not by what He might gain. John chapter 14 and verse 15, you remember what Jesus said? If you love Me, keep My commandments. John would write in First John chapter five and verse three, "For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And what? His commandments are not burdensome." A simple answer to a trick question. The greatest commandment? You know it, lawyer? You know what Pharisees, you know what Sadducees, you know what scribes. Love God with everything you have. And then Jesus adds to that and He says, you also love your neighbor as yourself. He uses the same virtue in the second commandment that He used in the first. That's of that agapo love. That true, genuine, godly love. Just as the Pharisees didn't have a genuine love for God, guess what? Neither did they have a genuine love for their Jewish neighbors. Much less their Gentile neighbors. In Luke chapter 10, in the telling of the good Samaritan that is connected to this these greatest commands, Jesus is asked, Who is my neighbor? And He begins to tell this story of the Good Samaritan. Who was it, do you remember, that helped the Samaritan? You remember Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other. You remember the story he tells about the two religious people who passed by? They see that he's injured. They see that he's in bad shape. And they pass by on the other side. They had religious things to do and take care of. And Jesus, in trying to get this point across of loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, who your neighbor was, He said, but a Samaritan comes along and a Samaritan helps this Jew. Takes care of him. the Bible says He shows compassion. So, who's my neighbor? Jesus would answer. Look around. It's the person sitting beside you. It's the person sitting across the aisle or across the other side of the auditorium. That's our neighbor. It's the person that lives in your house. That's my neighbor. It's the person that lives on either side or all around. That's my neighbor. It's the person that I go to work with every single day. That's my neighbor. It's the person that I go to school with, teacher or student. That's my neighbor. Jesus would say it's everyone you're around. It's that person that maybe you don't like so much. It's that person that maybe they're not so nice to you. Jesus said that's your neighbor. And I want you to love them. Because you see, in the story of answering who's my neighbor, (laughs) it was the one who would have been least likely to be the neighbor. You know what Jesus tells those people in that story? Go and do likewise. Jesus says you love God with everything you have and then you extend that love to your neighbor's. And you do it like you love yourself. Seems like I've said that a few times, even last week. How how do we love ourselves? Well, if I'm hungry, I give myself food. If I'm thirsty, I give myself something to drink. I do not deprive myself. If I'm sick, guess what? I don't wait too long because I don't want to go to the hospital. I go to the doctor and I take medicine because I care for myself. And Jesus says, if you're going to do that for yourself, do that for your neighbor as well. So we are to love and care for those around us just as we would ourselves. Remember what Paul said, we looked at it last week. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. For no one, Ephesians 5, 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but what? Nourishes and cherishes it. They take care of it. And then look at verse 40. Jesus adds, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything in the Old Testament, everything that God required of believers, hung on these two commandments. Everything in the New Testament for the believers that God would require of the believers, hung on these two commandments. But I want you to notice something. Turn over in your Bibles, if you will, two things I want you to notice. Mark chapter 12 and Luke chapter 10. I want us to look at these examples real quickly. Did you catch it in the Scripture reading? Jesus shared with this lawyer, this Pharisee, someone and a group of people who would know the Shema. They would know it. I mean, you take a few Scriptures and you quote them twice a day, and you tell me you don't know those Scriptures. They knew it. How do do we know that? Well, look at what the scribe, look at what this person said back to Jesus. Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but He, And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the, the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. All these burnt offerings and all these sacrifices. Jesus, you are right. That is more than all of that put together. And notice what Jesus said You are not far. From the kingdom of God. What was Jesus' point? You know it, but you're not doing it. You know the most important thing is to love God with everything we have, and Jesus would add if I do this, I'm going to keep His commandments. Not out of obligation, not out of show. Paul would exemplify because I love you so much, God. Turn to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Notice what he says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Is that not surprising? No, it's not surprising. For the Jew would quote the Shema twice a day. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Jesus does a good job of setting priorities, doesn't he? Pharisees, it's not about how religious you look. Pharisees, though it's important, and you need to remember those things to remember what God has done for you, but all the stuff that you've been told to do, doing all those right things without loving God with everything, Jesus might say it's vanity. It's vanity. I'm reminded of what John said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. Paul would add this in Romans 13, verses 8 8 through 10. Notice what he says. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandments, they're all summed up in this saying, namely, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So if we love perfectly, we're not going to do harm to our neighbor. Does that include talking about our neighbor behind their back? If it causes harm, yes. So if we want to show the people in the world what true love is, then we love God with our very being. And we love one another. As we would love for ourselves, despite our differences, because we love God first. In the Christian leader Don Ratzliff, he retells a story. It's a story of where Vernon Grounds comes across, In Ernest Gordon's Miracle on the River Kwai. In that story, what happens is there is a group of Scottish refugees, or rather Scottish soldiers who have been taken captive by the Japanese. And they made these Scottish soldiers to work on this railroad out in the jungle. And over time, the, the way they, the Japanese treated these Scottish soldiers became very harsh and demanding. One day, they would have these checkpoints. And one day, there were, it was a tool checkpoint, and they were checking for their shovels. One day they had they came to this checkpoint and they had a count of their shovels and there was one shovel missing, and the Japanese leader uh, or captor of that group he demanded that the shovel be produced, or else. No one moved. No one budged. Finally, he becomes so enraged that he pulled out his gun and he said, if someone doesn't produce this shovel, I'm going to kill all of you. And they knew that he meant business. And so one gentleman stepped forward. The Japanese soldier put the gun in his pocket and he picked up a shovel and he beat the man to death. The other captors grabbed the corpse up and took it with them to the next tool checkpoint. And they counted all the shovels, and guess what? All the shovels were accounted for. Back at checkpoint number one, there had been a miscount. And news went all across the camp of the Scottish captors that this man was willing to die for the rest of his captors. And they decided to begin to treat one another as brothers. And the day came when their allies took over the Japanese. And as these men, what was left of them, skeleton-looking, stood before their captors, they decided No, we're not going to retaliate. There's been enough of harsh treatment. And instead, they insisted no more killings, no more beatings, but we will forgive. What a difference. That kind of attitude, that kind of life made for those people. And if we love God that way, and we love our neighbor as ourselves with the love of God, what a difference that will make in our church. What a difference that will make in our town. What a difference that will make in our state. What a difference that will make in our nation the great United States of America. And what a difference that will make in our world. Have you experienced that kind of love today? See, God said, I love you so much. I'm sending my Son to the cross to be separated from me for a period. To take your place on the cross so that we can be redeemed back together again and through your faith and obedience, and and doing like Jesus did, being buried in what is known as the watery grave of baptism, to rise in newness of life, to go on your way rejoicing, experiencing the love of God, and now being able to share the love of God with your neighbors. If you've not done that tonight, today, it's our prayer that you will. Maybe you have done that. And maybe you need the prayers of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You need to ask God for forgiveness. Maybe it, is, maybe it is there's someone in this room that you need to ask for forgiveness so you can begin showing them the love of God. As together we stand and sing.